All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tooth Podcast. It is Thursday, November 29th, 2018. On today's episode of the podcast, we're going to discuss uh, mailbag questions, which is always an entertaining time. Uh, I originally sent out the request for your questions earlier in the week. I think it was on Monday uh, because we were going to originally do this episode on Tuesday. Decided to wait a couple days. Uh, there were a lot of games going on and just uh, had some writing stuff to do, and so decided to push this back. Uh, to today. So some of these questions uh, probably are not relevant anymore, and so I'm going to skip over those. Uh, But there are still a ton. I think we got around 20 questions or so uh, in this week's mailbag. So we'll go ahead and jump into some of those now. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started here uh, with uh, at Jason Kessler 16. He asks, uh, Florida is currently leading the SEC in defensive efficiency. However, the Gators are 13th in offensive efficiency, 13th in free throw shooting, and last in rebounding. I think you know my question now. This was before uh, Florida played the game uh, against North Florida, and I thought that it was a good response for this team after going one and two at the battle for Atlantis. And it just kind of, uh, there was, there was no sort of offensive flow. It was just very hard to find uh, for this team. And it's been that way, as we know, at times throughout the season. You can go all the way back to the season opener against Florida State. Uh, just the, the offensive efficiency just hasn't been there. It hasn't flowed as well uh, as maybe we would have expected, and I think there there's several different reasons for that. But, again, you go back to the way they played against North Florida, and it was their most complete offensive performance of the season so far in the way they shot the ball. I mean, <laughs> look, you go 57% from, from three-point range, you hit 16 threes. Uh, that kind of shows you uh, the kind of path that this Florida team can take. Now, they're not going to play – uh, you know, the same, you know, type of defense as every single night, especially once we get to SEC play. But this team has some good offensive weapons. And I think the problem is right now you're just not seeing that consistency uh, from guys that were expected to be, you know, the top offensive weapons. And, of course, I think all the focus right now is probably on Jalen Hudson, who is only averaging 6.9 points per game. He's only playing 18.3 minutes per game now this season. Uh, we we kind of know how the last several games have went for him and, and Kayvon Allen, uh, someone who a couple years ago was kind of that guy, that go-to guy you could rely on. You know, he's playing a little bit better. I think there's a little more consistency. Whereas last year, uh, there were just a lot of times where where it wasn't there. But he's still only averaging 8.7 points per game. Um, and, and so you you've just got to get everybody kind of on the same page. And there's got to be some kind of rhythm. Uh, to how they play offense and until that happens on a consistent basis again because they did score 98 points the other night against North Florida but until that happens on a consistent basis uh, it's just going to be tough for this team to win games even as good as the defense can be at times uh, it's just it's going to be a challenge and I think that's especially the case and I've mentioned this many times you look back at, at Florida's schedule and especially once they get to SEC play their February schedule is very very tough um, so you've got to get a lot of things worked out. That's what the non-conference schedule is for. Uh, but you would certainly like to see that worked out sooner rather than later because now you know what's coming up next where you've got a game against West Virginia, you've got Michigan State, and then there's another matchup against Butler in there as well before SEC play starts on January 5th. So we're going to learn a lot more about this Florida team. And uh, I don't, you know, the defensive consistency has been there 
uh, a lot more maybe than than we thought it would be earlier in the season. And I think they played a little more aggressive, but the Gators are still not getting a ton of extra looks. I mean, they're only getting, I think, 9.1 offensive rebounds a game. So you've, you're not getting second chance opportunities either. So you've got to be able to make up for that. And I think that's that's just what you want. You got to score points and you got to have opportunities to score points. So if they can get more of those uh, and just find more consistency elsewhere, uh, they should be okay, I think. Next up uh, from at uh, ROO Todd on Twitter, and uh, he asked originally, this was the question, but we'll kind of change this a little bit basically uh, based on what we know now. Uh, He asked if Darius Garland is out for eight-plus weeks for Vandy. How does that change the view of their floor ceiling for this season? Obviously, there was a game impact against Kent State. Uh, but are there enough other weapons to be an upper-half team in the conference? So, as we know by now, uh, Garland's going to miss the rest of the season. He's not coming back. Uh, more than likely, he will now be off to the NBA. He's still a projected uh, lottery type of pick right in that range, and I just don't really expect him to, to fall too far based on the guards that are in this draft. Uh, he's really good, and uh, we all saw that based on how he played uh, you know, in the few games that, that he that he wound up playing this year. But it's just such a, a brutal loss for Vanderbilt, I think, because not only is he someone that just completely sort of energizes things on the floor and, and he just – he's your point guard. He's the guy who you're going to turn to in every key situation, in all close games. He was going to be that guy – that, that Vanderbilt relied on. And now without him on the court, it just changes things a lot. And, I mean, I think realistically now, you know, Saban Lee is going to be that point guard uh, for them. But it's just going to kind of swap up things in terms of what they're going to be able to do. And someone asked me this as well. I do kind of think it, it's going to make them a little easier to prepare for because, you know, you just don't have a guy like Garland on the floor with that type of skill set, uh, even as good as Saban Lee is, and I've continued to say, I think you know maybe Saban Lee is going to have some games where he struggles a little bit, uh, maybe turns the ball over a little too much, but but he's still someone that I think can can thrive in, in the system that Bryce Drew wants to play, uh, and now he's going to have to, he's going to have to do that uh, night in night out because that's just kind of where they're at at this point. But Vanderbilt still has quality talent. I mean, we know, you look around, we've talked about the freshmen, Shitu, Neesmith, uh, Matt Ryan, you, you know, Joe Toy's there. Uh, Max Evans is going to play more probably now. Look at Matthew Moyer, who's, who's on the floor for him. So, so they've got some guys that, that we've seen been able to thrive, but we've also seen them play better, and there's been a guy that's made a lot of these guys uh, you know, better and giving them really good opportunities, giving them good looks on offense, and that was Garland. Uh, so now you've just got to be able to, to get those same kind of looks, and you've got to be able to, to still uh, get guys in spots where they're going to be able to succeed, and that was something that Garland was really good at because he had that awareness, he had that vision uh, where he kind of knew where the ball needed to go every single time down the floor. And so now without him, you, you've got to be able to adjust. Um, but just like we mentioned with Florida, we're going to learn a lot more about this Vanderbilt team now without Garland because you look at the upcoming schedule, and it is very tough. Uh, they've got NC State this weekend. They've got a home game against Arizona State. They've got Kansas State. So all these games are going to be certainly situations where you're going to need 
uh, everybody else at their best now going forward because th these are not easy games. And then we know once getting into SEC play, uh, they're not going to be easy. But if there is kind of a bright spot, and this will kind of transition to some of the other questions that have been asked uh, that we'll get to here shortly, but I mean, the, the middle of the pack in the SEC right now, there, there's a lot of unknowns, and it has a lot to do with the injury situation we've seen. You know, Garland's out for the season. Jonte Porter, of course, Missouri, is out for the year. That happened in the preseason. We learned yesterday uh, that Admon Gilder may be out for the year for Texas A&M. So you're talking about a lot of quality contributors that, that have really kind of changed the landscape for some of these teams. So that, that still kind of puts Vanderbilt in a situation where there's good talent and knowing, you know, how Shitu can take over a game, uh, th there's still some possibilities there. But it, it's, it's a work in progress, just like it was before. Uh, but it's just going to be a bit more of a challenging process now, I think, uh, without Garland on the floor and just seeing how everyone else, if they can continue uh, to get the right looks and continue uh, to kind of, you know, be as good as they were in the system that Bryce True wants to play uh, without a point guard like, like Garland on the floor. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. Uh, next up uh, on the questions uh, from at 365CBB, ask LSU or Vandy, which are you buying stock in as we sit here today? And again, that was probably a question that was sent in before we knew completely that Garland was going to be out for the season. So it's a little bit easier to answer that, I think. LSU, I've been very impressed with LSU, and I know a lot of people are going to look at kind of their recent play where they've lost two games in a row now uh, when they lost at the Advocare Invitational to Florida State in overtime and then Oklahoma State by 13. I don't put as much stock into that Oklahoma State loss as I do the way LSU played against Florida State because we know kind of what it's like for teams to have to bounce back uh, a couple days after just a really tough loss. The way they lost to Florida State – that was a game the Tigers feel like they should have won, and they had every opportunity to do so and just didn't make enough plays. Uh, they couldn't get those stops there down the stretch, uh, and they can kind of just really just give Florida State credit, but it's one that LSU certainly feels like it should have won, uh, and I think that put them in a spot going into the Oklahoma State game where they just didn't have the same exact kind of energy. Uh, and for a young team, again, it's, it's kind of hard to, to bounce back sometimes in those type of spots. Uh, but but I'm still very impressed with LSU. I think they, they have the pieces that you need uh, to be a, a deep NCAA tournament type of team that, that can win multiple games uh, in the tournament, that they just have the talent to do so. But they are still young, and we're seeing kind of some of those learning curves early on uh, in some of these games. But, but I do think they're going to really improve off of those two games uh, there that they lost in a row. Uh, and be able to to be really good moving forward. So I think LSU is probably the, the obvious answer to that question right now, uh, kind of knowing what we know with Vandy, with, with Garland out. Um, uh, next up, from uh, at Sports Guru Andy, he asks, uh, Arkansas as a tournament team. I've been more impressed with Arkansas uh, as the season has gone along, and uh, you know it's all about making the most of your non-conference schedule. And some of these SEC teams so far just haven't been able to do that, uh, and that kind of puts into question how many teams could make the NCAA tournament now. And we'll we'll look and examine that more as we go along. But the Hogs are are doing well, and the, the win over Indiana was huge. Um, and like I said to someone the other day, you look at that Texas game. That's one you're really going to want back, too, because we've seen kind of how Texas has played uh, since that point, and I, I kind of look at it and, and feel like, you know, 
Arkansas can get there. I really do. When we have all the unknowns with everybody else kind of now in that middle uh, tier of the SEC, uh, due to injuries, due to other situations, Arkansas can get there. And I think, again, it's just a matter of being able to win these games you're supposed to win. Uh, They're going to have probably a couple other games in non-conference play that could maybe go either way, but I feel like Arkansas has a really good chance to be the favorite in both of those games, and that's that's home games against Western Kentucky and Georgia Tech. Um, but you win those games, you win the other games you're supposed to against you know FIU, Colorado State, uh, UTSA, and games like that, then you're going to feel pretty good about yourself going into the start of SEC play. Um, and you know you, you look at Arkansas's early schedule in SEC play; they're going to get home games against Florida, against LSU. Um, and so you have some opportunities there. And plus, you get a, another resume-building opportunity when they play at Texas Tech in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So Arkansas, before the season, if you would have asked me if they were a tournament team, I would have probably said, I don't think so. I just thought there was that youth was going to be a lot to overcome. But seeing how guys like Mason Jones and how Isaiah Joe and we know Daniel Gafford, how they're playing thus far, uh, I think Arkansas is certainly in that discussion now. And it's just a matter of seeing if they can keep up uh, that same kind of consistency as we move through non-conference play and go into SEC play. And you, again, have to be able to win some road games. Uh, But as a young team, you have to be able to go and win some of those games. And so it's going to be interesting to see in true road competition uh, what kind of they're able to do. And we'll learn that pretty soon as they'll play at Colorado State uh, next week. So next up uh, from at Connie, and I don't want to pronounce the last name wrong, it's S-H-I-H. She asks, uh, what are your observations of the Vols after their overtime loss to Kansas? Uh, Of course, as we know, uh, Tennessee has played another game since then. They uh, routed Eastern Kentucky on Wednesday night, 95-67. But my takeaways after the the Kansas game were, just like we've said with some of these other teams, I think it's one that Tennessee's going to look back on and feel like really just kind of let slip away, and that's not to take anything away from Kansas. Uh, But the Vols just, just didn't play particularly well down the stretch and then got it to overtime knowing they were without Grant Williams, it was going to be a tough spot. And I just thought after Williams went out of the game, uh, they they didn't necessarily get great shots, which I think a little bit you have to give Kansas some credit for, but I just thought they took some shots, maybe rushed a little bit, uh, and kind of put themselves in a situation where they gave Kansas uh, just too many opportunities down the stretch to be able to kind of you know tie the game and, and get it to overtime. Uh, without Williams on the floor but Tennessee still to me is uh, you know one of the top two teams in the SEC with Auburn I think those two teams are still uh, you know one two one a one b however you want to look at it Uh, just seeing what we've seen so far from everyone in the SEC I think they're still a little bit of a notch above that next group which would be you know Kentucky LSU uh, maybe still throw Mississippi State in there so I don't have any concerns with Tennessee, and I think it's another one of those situations where they've got everything you need uh, to be able to go really far in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we're just seeing that the progress is still there. They're getting better. Uh, Everyone is kind of continuing to embrace their role. We know the toughness of that team, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun here uh, in a couple weeks whenever they take on Gonzaga. That is going to be really fun, and that's going to be another game that's going to tell us a lot about where the Vols are at, Um, and it's just that's another one. It's another must-watch type of game. Uh, After already playing Kansas, now you get a shot at the Zags, Uh, so that will be another game that that tells us a lot more about Tennessee here moving forward. 
Next up, uh, at C Toma T O M A twenty four on Twitter, he asks uh, another thing about Arkansas, but I just want to read the question since we did already answer it as well. Do you think Arkansas can make the tournament? That signature win against Indiana, yeah, that that win against Indiana and being able to pick up some of these other wins are going to be very important as they move on. Uh, at Josh two o five underscore o seven asks, where does Alabama finish in the league? Um, Alabama is another team that, that's kind of right there when you talk about NCAA tournament bids and maybe the league's, uh, you know, one of the best, better hopes beyond, let's say, the top five or six uh, to grab an NCAA tournament bid because I've, I've been impressed with how Alabama's played these last three games. And going all the way back to that Northeastern game, which is one that Alabama fans are never going to want to watch ever again, uh, that was brutal. And to respond the way that the Crimson Tide have since then, I think has kind of told us a lot about this team and kind of where it's heading. You get a win over Ball State, not a bad team. Wichita State, not a bad team. Murray State uh, with Morant, I mean, you know, having the game he had and still being able to hold on for the win. So so this Alabama team's been able to grind out some of these tough wins, and it, a big reason why is they're shooting a lot better at the free throw line, um, which has kind of been a running theme over the past couple of years. And I know – uh, Alabama fans have always kind of closed their eyes after each game when, when I put my stuff on Twitter, and it's usually a lot. You know, free throw shooting is always involved because these are it's it's just not really good at times. But this year, shooting seventy three point four percent from the line, they've shot it really well here as of late, and that's going to be really helpful because you know you're going to play in a lot of close games, uh, especially once SEC play, SEC play gets here, and so that that's a positive. And knowing how Kyra Lewis has played. Um, Alabama's got a chance to, to be, you know, I think beyond that, you know, anywhere from, you know, let's say five to seven to eight. I mean, anywhere in that range, I think you can see because a lot of the spots are still pretty wide open because we're seeing that a lot of these SEC teams are still works in progress. And I don't think we necessarily um, thought that wasn't going to be the case when the season started. It's just that some of these teams uh, haven't had the exact type of success you want in the non-conference play thus far. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, that they won't be able to get things turned around. And, and I do think Alabama's had a really good start. Um, and it would be great if you can go get a win at UCF. That would certainly help uh, kind of boost your, your tournament resume because I think the Knights are going to be in a good spot as well to get to the tournament. Um, and then, you know, still having games against a really good Georgia State team who's already blew out in Georgia. Uh, you've got Arizona. you got Penn State. you got all kinds of good matchups. Uh, maybe that game at Stephen F. Austin doesn't look kind of what it looked like earlier in the season, but it's still going to be a team, I think, that's going to present some challenges knowing how they play uh, just defensively. But um, so, so Alabama's got, got a shot, I think, to be in that upper half in the SEC uh, as long as everything kind of continues to come together on offense. If you get the best from John Petty uh, in road games, I think they're going to be okay uh, to be one of those teams that, that can grab an NCAA tournament bid. Next up, at Jay Anderson 1726 asked, am I the only one who sees Alabama making the tournament? So we just want to throw that one in there as well, uh, since that is one that kind of goes along what we said. I do think Alabama can make the NCAA tournament. You just you have to be able to get some quality wins here going forward in the non-conference, which Alabama's going to have a lot of opportunities to do that. I didn't even mention Liberty a second ago. Uh, that's another game that it's going to be good. And I think you look at Alabama's non-conference schedule, really the rest of the way, um, there's all those games are not going to be easy. And so the, this is a situation where you can really rack up some good wins in there and be able to go into SEC play, which you open up against Kentucky with a lot of momentum. Uh, so it's going to be very important for this team to do that. And if they do, absolutely. can be an NCAA tournament team. 
Uh, and it just goes back to what I've said before with a team like Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Just because there are now some unknowns with that middle tier and beyond in the SEC, uh, due to injuries, due to other factors, uh, Alabama can be a team that gets in there, uh, gets a bid to the tournament, and I don't think I would be very shocked about that. And we'll finish up uh, this portion of the mailbag. We'll go ahead and make this a two-parter because, uh, as I said, which you guys know I love, uh, there have been a ton of questions in this particular mailbag, and we'll probably be a few more uh, that will come in before Friday. So we'll uh, we'll do two parts here. So to finish up part one, uh, we'll go to a question from Wes at WTM82. He asked for Auburn, uh, as good as Samir Dowdy's looked in the first three home games, he essentially disappeared in Maui against better competition. Just how dangerous could this rotation become when they add Purifoy uh, to the three spot next month? Well, I mean, it's it's a huge boost because we know Purifoy can shoot the ball, and you had another dangerous three-point shooting threat. Uh, that's a really good problem to have. Uh, and his size just kind of – he can do a lot of different things, and he's going to be really helping. I said that several weeks ago. I think maybe people nationally are forgetting that they are going to add another player like that, uh, and even as well as Auburn's playing so far – uh, you're coming off a 50-point win against St. Peter's. Uh, even as well as you're playing, you, you've still got another guy waiting, ready to go, and that's uh, that's impressive, and that's going to give them a chance to, to add just another dynamic element. But when we look at Dowdy, I mean, yeah, he hasn't had a great scoring uh, the last several games, but he has contributed in other areas. I mean, you look at the St. Peter's game. He had five assists, had six rebounds, um, and he's still playing quality minutes. And, you know, I think that that's going to continue to be the case, and it'll just kind of see – how everybody progresses. That's what it's all about, just seeing how players fit in throughout the season. And um, there's going to be situations where some guys don't play as well and some guys do, and that'll kind of depend on the minutes. But it's a good problem to have for Bruce Pearl. That They've got a lot of options. they got a lot of guys uh, that can really kind of key in on certain areas and really – uh, you know, lock down things in, in certain categories. And I think being able to go to any of these different guys when you need them in certain spots, uh, that that's very helpful. And it's just it just adds to what Auburn's doing thus far. Uh, I mentioned Austin Wiley, I think, is really starting to progress as well. Uh, he's getting better and better. And I think as he continues uh, to kind of play more minutes, and he's going to. I mean, you look, he's played six games so far this season. Uh, hasn't played more than 19 minutes in any of those, but yet he's scored and doubled figures four times in those games. Uh, he's grabbed a lot of rebounds. He's blocking shots. So you're getting everyone back, and once you do add Purifoy, it just gives you uh, another option to work with, and it's just going to make Auburn one of the deepest teams in the country uh, and give this team a chance again to capture an SEC title uh, and continue to move forward with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum as uh, the Tigers will go into SEC play here in about a month. So that'll wrap up uh, this first part of this week's mailbag. And like I said, if I didn't get to your question in this portion, we will dive into it uh, in the next uh, episode of the mailbag. So uh, be sure if you want to continue to send in questions, you can. We'll get to them in the next part. Uh, But just to kind of break it up so all these questions get some uh, good attention, we'll do that. And, uh, of course, be sure to head over to southeasthoops.com. Uh, that's where you'll find all the written stuff, uh, all the game previews, which we've done for every uh, non-conference game thus far, and we'll continue to do that here as we move forward. Uh, and then if you want to subscribe to the podcast, which you should, if you love SEC basketball, just go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. That way you get all these episodes delivered to you as soon as they go up. Uh, I know the podcast uh, kind of sporadic over the past week or so, but with Feast Week, uh, Thanksgiving, all that good stuff, uh, and there's just a lot been going on, and we've, we've done all the written previews, so uh, we've certainly had a lot 
going on over at southeasthoops.com. So, as always, check out the site each day so you don't miss anything that we do have going up there and don't miss any of these episodes uh, that we have on the way on the podcast. So, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.